When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. The Telegraph. Podcasts. The virus versus the economy. Britain is facing an economic crunch far greater than anything seen in the financial crisis or even since the Second World War. Is a fear of contracting COVID-19 leading to excess deaths? If people are afraid to come to hospitals for fear of coronavirus, they may not get treated properly for whatever other disease, whatever underlying conditions they may have. And why airfares could double once the lockdown's lifted. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. It was a day of statistics and sobering ones at that. One in five deaths in England and Wales is now linked to COVID-19, according to new figures. The Office for National Statistics released data on deaths occurring in the week to the 3rd of April. It reveals a huge rise in the number of excess deaths. That's the number of deaths above the five-year average for the time of year. In England and Wales, more than 16,300 deaths were registered in that week alone. That's a record high and more than 6,000 higher than the five-year average. The figures also suggest the number of coronavirus deaths in that week was over 50% higher than the figure released by the government at the time. The Telegraph's data journalist Dominic Gilbert says the jump in recorded deaths isn't wholly unexpected. We already knew the daily death toll from the government was considerably lower than what the real figure was going to be. In previous releases, the true death toll in a given week has been up to about 70% higher than had been announced by the government at the time. And that's mainly because of a, a lag in reporting and picking up the number of deaths which occurred outside hospitals, which isn't a figure that the DHSC releases. But now, now the true death toll is becoming clearer. Um, in the week to April the 3rd, England and Wales saw the highest number of deaths recorded since records began in 2005, with more than 16,000 people dying that week. At this time of year, usually around 10,000 people on average die every week. That leaves 6,000 excess deaths in that single week alone. So what's most concerning is coronavirus only accounts for a little over half of those excess deaths. Around 3,500 deaths in that week were linked to the virus, and that leaves around 2,500 excess deaths, or about 357 every day unaccounted for. There are likely to be different factors involved in that. Some of the deaths may be linked to coronavirus, but the link hasn't been detected yet, perhaps because there wasn't testing involved with that particular patient, um, meaning the death toll from coronavirus could be even higher still than the ONS figures tell us. But a hint to another answer probably came last week with the monthly A&E figures. March saw the lowest ever number of attendances and admissions to emergency departments again since records began. And if people are afraid to come to hospitals for fear of coronavirus, they may not get treated properly for 
whatever other diseases, whatever underlying conditions they may have. If you'd like to know more about the accuracy of coronavirus data, as well as more about the figures the government releases, Dominic Gilbert will be holding a live Q&A on our website at 1pm on Wednesday. I'll put details of how to join that in the show notes to this episode. The UK economy could shrink by a record 35% by June. That's according to the Office for Budget Responsibility, the UK's independent tax and spending watchdog. The OBR's analysis is based on the assumption that the current lockdown would last for three months. Once restrictions are lifted, the body expects no lasting damage to growth, though it says the speed with which activity bounces back does depend on how long the lockdown's in place. The Telegraph's deputy economics editor, Tim Wallace, reports. Britain is facing an economic crunch far greater than anything seen in the financial crisis or even since the Second World War. That's the verdict of the Office for Budget Responsibility, the spending watchdog which makes official forecasts for the government. It cannot predict the impact of the coronavirus with any real accuracy, but it has set out estimates of the sort of damage the country is facing. A three-month lockdown will force GDP down by 35% in the second quarter of the year. By way of comparison, the biggest quarterly fall in the financial crisis was a drop of 2.1%. Unemployment could climb by 2 million to more than 3.3 million people, and the government could borrow almost £300 billion this year to fight the virus and its economic effects as spending soars and tax revenues plunge. That debt is worth 14% of GDP, far higher than the peak borrowing of 10% in the financial crisis, which led to a decade of austerity to try to repair the books. The OBR says this will be worth it, borrowing to limit the damage so the economy can get back on its feet as quickly as possible after the pandemic passes, but it could also herald a new age of austerity as the government needs to get these enormous new debts under control again to rebuild the economic defences and to fight any future recession or even another pandemic in the years to come. Chancellor Rishi Sunak said the predictions were just one scenario and that choosing between saving the economy and saving lives would be self-defeating. At a time when we are seeing hundreds of people dying every day from this terrible disease, the absolute priority must be to focus all of our resources, not just of the state, but of businesses and all of you at home as well, in a collective national effort to beat this virus. As some European countries start lifting their lockdowns, others keep measures firmly in place. Italy and Spain, the world's second and third worst-hit countries, are beginning to ease social distancing restrictions. Austria, the Czech Republic and Denmark have also announced partial suspensions of restrictions as governments seek to revive struggling economies. Italy, which has seen more than 20,000 COVID-19 deaths, allowed bookshops and children's clothes shops in some regions to reopen from Tuesday. The worst-hit provinces of Lombardy and Piedmont remain on full lockdown. France has extended its quarantine for at least another month. Belgium is expected to extend for a minimum of two weeks. In the UK, Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab has confirmed there'll be no change just yet. The government's expected to keep measures in place when they review the lockdown on Thursday. The measures, of course, only work if people follow them. So how can the government ensure members of the public continue to observe the guidance? His behavioural scientist, Professor Ben Voyer. There are a few factors that are likely to have an impact in terms of the extent to which people adhere to the lockdown. One of the key ones is 
information feedback, incorporating other people's behaviors into your own uh, behavior. So if you see other people respecting the lockdown, you're more likely to respect the lockdown. If you see people not respecting part or all of the measures that have been imposed, you're more likely to be thinking, hey, other people aren't respecting it. Why should I be the one that sticks to it? It's difficult for people to understand that short-term constraints and adhering to short-term constraints can actually lead to um, long-term benefits. People are very short-term focused. And so understanding that uh, they need to stick to very constraining behaviors in order to feel better and be better in the long term uh, is difficult. So playing with that notion of delayed gratification is crucial if we want people to um, stick to lockdown measures. Not seeing concrete results or seeing too many concrete results is also something that can affect people's behavior. So if people feel that despite all what they've been doing, there hasn't been enough improvement, that's something that is likely to make them uh, want to stop um, their uh, strict adherence to the uh, lockdown measures. And one can also say that if people think that that's it, we're there, everything is under control, that's also something that means that people are likely to be uh, less strict, more lenient in terms of how they observe all the behaviours that have been prescribed to them. We're all looking forward to a holiday, I'm sure. But some less than good news for those hoping to bag a cheap airfare. The Telegraph understands ticket prices could double once the lockdown's lifted. An industry source told my colleagues social distancing is likely to be enforced on planes once non-essential foreign travel resumes. It could see guidelines stating that companies can only sell half of the seats, meaning airfares would need to at least double to maintain pre-coronavirus profit margins. It means holidaymakers planning to book travel for later this year could be faced with a dilemma – book now and run the risk of cancellation, or wait and find fares have significantly risen. I'm Captain Moore. I'm walking for the NHS. He's set a target of £1,000, but he's raised almost £2.5 Captain Tom Moore is a 99-year-old army veteran who's raising money to help the NHS fight COVID-19. He was hoping to complete 100 laps of his garden in Bedfordshire before his 100th birthday at the end of the month, walking with the help of a frame. But he's ahead of schedule and says he's now hoping to do another 100 to thank staff who helped him with treatment for cancer and a broken hip. Our brave nurses and uh, uh, doctors who are frontline in this case, whereas the, in the last war we had our soldiers in uniform in khaki, Navy, the Army and the Air Force fighting, but this time our Army are in doctors' and nurses' uniforms and they're doing such a marvellous job regardless of their, their own benefit. And his efforts haven't gone unnoticed by NHS staff. The messages of thanks are pouring in. Thank you, Captain Tom. Thanks, Captain Tom. Thanks, Captain Tom. And as our own thank you to NHS staff, The Telegraph is offering those working for the health service a free six-month subscription. I'll put details of how to claim that in the show notes. For everyone else, you can access all of our news, analysis and advice free for 30 days. Go to telegraph.co.uk slash audio. 
If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the podcast, from the serious to the trivial, record it on a voice memo and email it to me. The address is coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis, and I'll be back on Wednesday evening with your next update.